On Blast. This is part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. We are back. This is the On Blast Podcast NFL Fix Edition. I know everyone is fired up because it's Super Bowl week. The big game is finally here. And I know it's been a while. I don't like the two weeks off because nobody cares about the Pro Bowl. They don't even have things that you can actually like really bet on. Like you're not really going to bet on any of those things. I don't even know if they're available for you to bet on. That's the lack of interest I had in the Pro Bowl. But I'll say this. I'm glad that's all behind us because in front of us, it's a big game. And it is a big boy of all big boy matchups, if you ask me. Super Bowl week. And of course, I'm joined by my guy, Mr. Matt Russell, to break it all down from every single angle that you could possibly want. If we're talking about making bets, making some picks, winning some money. Mr. Matt Russell, how you doing, man? Excited, buddy. Excited. Uh <laughs> It's funny, we talked all season long about, you know, how, oh man, things go by so quickly and I can't believe it's week 10, I can't believe it's week 16, I can't believe it's the playoffs. And then the Super Bowl comes along and that two-week break is just excruciating. How is it only, you know, to sort of break the fourth wall here, how is it only Wednesday of, (laughs) I guess, Super Bowl week or Super Bowl two weeks? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely don't feel like things are, are moving quickly. Things are moving at a snail's pace. But to be honest with you, I probably needed every one of these days, every one of these hours, because this game is, uh, at least from a side and total perspective, kind of driving me crazy. Because I mean, listen, it's a pick game, right? This could go yeah. either way. I think that's certainly the case. But uh, that's what we're going to talk here for the next hour or so about this game and, and where we should possibly be putting our money here, whether it's side total or a bevy of props. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And of course, we're talking about the Super Bowl. And we also got to bring up the fact that we've been here all season long, week in, week out, just talking about everything to do with said NFL and where you should be making your picks. And I got to say, it's been a lot of fun. I want to thank all the people. Before we get into this, I do want to make sure I thank all the people that have rocked with us this year, wherever you've been following along on the podcast, wherever you've been following along and making sure that you've been reading Matt's articles as well at the score where we've been cashing some checks. So I, I want to give a thank you to you <laughs> for that first off before we deep dive into this Super Bowl. But the other thing, it's been a really good year in terms of the pod and uh, all the different places you can listen to the pod. The videos have been doing all right. Uh, the listenership's been doing all right. The feedback of people randomly stopping me in the building i won't say like whatever i'm not gonna say where but you can put two and two together um that i haven't seen in a while and they're like oh the picks yes picks have been awesome this year so just want to share that love with my dude mr matt russell and of course with the people that are tuning in to listen to this and make sure you're listening to the Super Bowl picks. Bless us with the like, bless us with the retweet, share, tell your friends. Because in the next couple of days, we all know what the water cooler talk's going to be. And it's a pick em game. And even just this morning, as I was talking to my boys, we, we got like the Zoom workout in the morning. They're like, ah, oh, Super Bowl, like, what do you think? And I mean, I guess we'll just jump right into it because I want to say this. You got Whoa. the Chiefs, you got the Eagles. Eagles are favored by a point and a half. And the thing that I said right away, I mean, I'm on the chief chiefs as underdogs. I know that doesn't surprise you. I know that might not surprise any of our listeners, but the simple thing that I said to my boys was 
if you're telling me I'm getting the Chiefs and I'm getting them as underdogs and plus money, I like that side. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to break this all down here because there's so many different angles to what's going to happen here. And I didn't mention the record because the record of picks that we've been on this year have been on Fuego Fire. But I feel like that's a bit of a different conversation than what we're going to have today, right? For sure. Cool. I can tell you what the record is. Record's been great. Yeah, yeah. Cool. When you're talking about just this one game playoff here, right? This one game, one last game to bet on. I look at this and and right away, I think I messaged you after the championship games. I was yeah. like, wait, yeah, the Chiefs are like, I can get the Chiefs at plus money? Like right away, that was my first initial instinct. And normally, as we were just talking about off air, you have so much time for your opinion to get swayed. And I got to tell you, I haven't been swayed by anything one bit. And the reason for that is I look at these two teams and I think the way that the, the headlines are rolling, the way that the narratives are out here about the Eagles just dummying everyone, I feel like that has uh, overshadowed a lot of the actual like breakdown of football talk that I want to get into with you. What I mean by that is we talk about the dominance of the Eagles lines on both sides of the football, their defense and what their defense has been able to do. I want to ask you a question. I'm going to go through mm-hmm. the Eagle schedule and I'd like to tell you, I'd like you to tell me who is the quarterback <laughs> for said teams that the yeah. Eagles have played sure. this season. Okay. Let's do it. And the Rapid reason fire. I'm bringing this up, it. well, the reason I'm bringing this up, well, you know what? Let's just, let's just go at it this way. So, if we start with where do we want to start from the regular season or let's start after the bye week, right? They're seven and oh, they're seven and oh after the or they get to seven and oh, and you got the Steelers. Uh, yeah, well, you had Kenny Pickett, I believe, <laughs> in like his first start or like or yes. or coming off a concussion after his first start, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah not the best. Houston Texans. Uh, I think that's all you need to know right there. I think that was a, a robust Davis Mills. By the way, a high game at halftime, mm-hmm. in, and you know where we had. Uh, it's funny how you know absence uh, it, your memory goes. Uh, awesome running back for the Texans who got hurt towards the end of the season. Uh, Pierce, uh, Damian Pierce, thank you. Uh, ran a muck on them that day. That was sort of their first red flag of Eagles. Well, I shouldn't say the first red. Well, maybe it was the first red flag because the next week and you're probably going to get to uh, the Commanders where they lost to Taylor Heineke and another sort of run down your throat type situation, right? So that was sort of the blueprint for the, mm. the next week. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. Then after the Commandos, you had a one-point victory against, I mean, the robust Indianapolis Colts. 17-16 win against the Colts. And who was the starting QB there? I feel like his name is washed I think, uh, QB. Uh, I was going to say, uh, a, a pre-benched Matt Ryan in, in that circumstance. Yeah. And yeah. that's not it. That's a game that not a lot of people talk about because it wasn't, you know, a Monday night game, a Sunday night game. It wasn't this high-profile game. Play mm-hmm. was a game that the Colts led throughout now eagles fans might say like yeah we came back and we won that game and so this idea that we are this front running team that can only win from ahead you know maybe uh, that was the day that they they dispelled that you know i'm not really sure that that's necessarily the case because maybe if they didn't have a soon to be benched 
probably retired Matt Ryan. If he wasn't the quarterback, maybe the Colts win that game pretty comfortably, right? So again, all this stuff sort of hearsay and conjecture, but yeah, uh, Matt Ryan, not exactly, um, you know, a resume building victory in that case. Uh, I'll give you the Packers 40 to 33 victory over the Packers and your man's Aaron Rodgers, who actually got hurt right in that I was, game. I was going to say, yeah, you say Aaron Rodgers, but the reality is broken hand, Aaron Rodgers cracked up rib, Aaron Rodgers, who only played sort of what two quarters, two and a half quarters. And then Jordan love came in <laughs> and Jordan love had like a long touchdown pass with a coverage breakdown. I think they combined for around 260 some odd yards. Uh, the two of them. And that was a, you know, relatively competitive game there for a while. Obviously once Rodgers you know, at once, I think there was at least one or two drives where he basically could not throw. It was basically a Brock Purdy situation. So it wasn't the first time. Two oh, man, why'd you got to bring that up? To, I mean, it's been a while, but I'm still not over that, man. He didn't have to yeah, do that. Yeah, we, we haven't talked about that since then. Yeah. So like, I was uh, over it. I was over it. I don't know if you were over it necessarily, but yeah, at least you had for somewhat forgotten about it with the excitement <sighs> of, uh, of this game. But yeah, not the first time that the Eagles just got to face a quarterback in the second half who mm -hmm. basically couldn't throw the football. So, um, yeah, you know, I did this, ex you know, same exercise, obviously looking at their schedule and kind of trying to. For sure. You know, trying mean, to I'll, evaluate I'll, it. I'll just rip through here. Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee yeah. Titans. You got Danny Jones and the Giants. You got, wait, who was playing in this uh, Chicago Bears game? Justin Fields was actually back, I guess, for that game. But cool. Yeah. It's still the Bears. Uh, you got the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, now Brock, uh, Gardner Minshew's in the lineup for these two games, but we're yeah. talking about who their defense is up against, right? For sure. So and that's the game I want to talk about today, because I think that game, you know, as we go through this sort of schedule element is, I think that game is theoretically the closest mm -hmm. game to what we may see when it comes to sort of indoors, temperature controlled, theoretical back and forth. I don't know if you want to talk about that now or you want to talk but about also, later, But also it is the point of it, right? Because the next yeah. two games you're talking about, you're playing the Saints and you're playing the Giants again, and then you play the Giants, Giants in the playoffs. Giants made-up game in the, yeah. at the end of the regular season, obviously. If you go through the guys who the Giants played in that game, they weren't actual NFL players. So the point remains, it leads right into your point. You look at that whole schedule, you look at all those games in terms of the Eagles' defense, and we talk about dominating defense and now who's the offense that you're looking at from that murderer's row that we just listed through. And even if you're going to say and, and come up with whatever, you know, things to counter that mm -hmm. we can all agree that none of those things are Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs. We can agree. We can agree with that. Absolutely. Ab right? Absolutely. So and let's, I'll let you go with the, the, the Cowboys, because I think that is a good a good segue there yeah. into that point of why that game matters so much. And and a prop bet, uh, beep, 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 you know, breaking hey. news. We've got our first prop bet. Um, I you know I wrote about this today. It should be out shortly. Um, I have Patrick Mahomes under two hundred ninety four and a half passing yards, and it is less. Ooh, I kind of like this. I like well, this. And, and for a long time, honestly, this week I was sort of thinking like Mahomes over. Like th this might be a game where Mahomes ends up throwing for like 400 yards because he kind of has to, right? Mm -hmm. And then I start, you know, doing as you did, sort of looking through and going like, okay, what, you know, what are we really talking about here with the Eagles defense? Obviously, maybe not obvious, but they are the number one team against the pass, uh, you know, uh, yards per pass attempt in the league. And you go, okay, you go down through the quarterbacks, you go, yeah, no kidding. Of course they are. Look at some of these, you know, matchups. You, you know, we sort of brushed by the Saints there who, beat the Eagles without basically having to throw the football 
at any point in time. And so I look at that Cowboys game and I go, okay, this is kind of the closest. And Dak Prescott had like 350 yards in that game. And so initially I was sort of thinking to myself, okay, well, if Dak can do it, so can Mahomes. And then I went through the game. We got a little bit deeper into the game. Obviously, a lot of people watched that game pretty closely. There were 20 possessions in that game. And for those of you who don't, you know, sort of keep up with this sort of thing, the average is sort of six possessions per team uh, in a game, which is 12, right? <laughs> so when we're talking about a back and forth affair, when there's literally like one play turnovers and, you know, interceptions and et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of that had to do with obviously turnovers, on downs, interceptions from Minshew, et cetera, et cetera. So when I look at the Eagles defense in that game and the idea, the concept that they are sort of vulnerable because the one time they faced a quote unquote good quarterback, we can have that Dak debate at a later date, but the, you know, the one time that they had that, it was, they were kind of consistently put in a bad position when it came to Minshew. And the difference between Minshew and Hertz, as many of us sort of know, is obviously in the run game the game control element, right? Extending drives, time on, you know, time on the field, time of possession. But the other thing that he does, or in this case, doesn't do is turn the football over six interceptions all season long. We hit an under season long interception bet from before the season, from our preview editions uh, at the score, which was as easy as it comes help that he got hurt, I suppose, for a couple of those games. But again, not remotely close to, I think his number was like 10 and a half, something along those, those lines. Uh, fumbled the ball five times, recovered every single one of them, you know, but a lot of sort of maybe fumbling a snap, uh, a shotgun snap, a mesh, that kind of thing, where it's sort of easy to fall on, right? Doesn't fumble the football when he gets loose on the run. That's a situation where he would lose the ball because you're getting tackled, you know, it, there aren't, you know, offensive linemen around you, et cetera, et cetera. So the point is, is, you know, those fourth down conversions that didn't get made, those, you know, interceptions and of course a Miles Sanders fumble in that game, obviously upped the possession numbers when it comes to the Cowboys in that game. So you give himself more possession numbers, you're going to get more numbers across the board. And that means yardage when it comes to Prescott. In this game, or any game with Hertz in there, it's going to be a lot more ball control, a lot more time of possession, those long drives that we saw against the 49ers. You know, 49ers a better defense than Kansas City, at least sort of theoretically. Mm -hmm. You know, we're probably going to see the Eagles have, a you know, a lot of sort of long time-consuming drives. We'll talk a little bit more about the idea of long yardage drives here a little bit later on. But they're going to play keep away. And it's not that sort of, you know, old-school thing where, like, don't give Peyton Manning the ball because he's going to – we take turns with the football. There's no such thing as, like, not allowing the other team to get the ball. So it's not like that. It's more just the idea of, like, how many drives is, is Mahomes going to actually get here? And I think that – the Eagles defense, while maybe not as good as the metrics look because they've been built on those quarterbacks that you mentioned, it's still really good, right? I mean, just from like an eye test, player test standpoint, right? Like, you know who the guys are on the Eagles. You know, obviously the cornerbacks and James Bradbury and Darius Slay. You also have the element that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have C.D. Lamb to throw the ball to. Right. Yeah. The CD lamb had 10 catches in that game. You go, well, he's got Travis Kelsey. Well, Travis Kelsey, while never sort of easy to defend is at least defendable when there isn't a ton of guys on the outside that you need to worry about. And we have talked about how, well, listen, they've got this guy, this guy, you know, they have four or five, six guys that they kind of rotate in. 
lot of those guys are pretty banged up. I don't expect Kadarius Tony to survive this football game, right? That guy largely kind of made of uh, of paper mache. Um, you know, we're not going to get a hundred yard. I don't think we're in another hundred yard explosion game from Marquez Valdez Scantling. That was obviously quite surprising that he was making honestly some pretty difficult catches and maybe the harder the catch the easier it is for marquez valdez scanning who knows um, rogers definitely watching that game cheese <laughs> absolutely pardon the pun uh you know and juju smith schuster as well who can sort of just um you know kind of evaporate from time to time so um i just look at it and i go and by the way in the last super bowl that the chiefs were in against the tampa bay buccaneers where they mm-hmm. were in a trailing game state the entire time lost 30 to 9 Mm-hmm. Mahomes had to throw the ball 49 times. Not where you want to be. No, well, no, not A, not where you want to be. And maybe if you are the Chiefs, maybe that is okay. But the fact that he threw for 40, uh, 49 times, but he only threw for 270 yards means mm-hmm. that it's not fait accompli that if he throws the ball a lot or has to throw a lot, the ball a lot, doesn't necessarily mean he's going over when it comes to his uh, his yardage. Yeah, the thing that makes me wonder about the, the matchup in particular, too, in terms of the Eagles' defense versus Mahomes, the one thing, you know, we go back to that Super Bowl and we obviously remember the fact that the Chiefs O-line was beat up. What was it three starters oh, yeah. they were missing? Like, it Absolutely. was rabid. And a completely different offensive line than they have this year. But I'm just sort of sure. saying, if yeah. the idea is that they that the Eagles end up getting the lead, right? We all think of, mm-hmm. again, the Eagles, we bet on them first half a couple of times. Yeah. You know, I think both I think both playoff weeks, uh, we bet on them in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we bet on them to take a lead. That's what sort of the Eagles do. That's how they've won all of their games. And so if the idea is that Mahomes is trailing, it's probably because the Eagles defensive line is all that it's cracked up to be. And they have similar success, even though we understand that the Chiefs offensive line with two second team pro bowlers on it is better than in years past. Yeah. And I think too, when I, when I look at this matchup, I think of the chiefs would rather be in this position where the Eagles are going to play man to man. And yes, they have a good defense and nobody's doubting that, but I think man to man defense against what Andy Reid and Bienemy and Mahomes are going to be trying to cook up here against these guys. They're going to know that it's important to keep Mahomes upright, get the ball out quickly. You're going to see a lot of those screen passes, which I'm sure you're going to get to in your, in when we start talking about the props, right? But like getting the ball out quickly, you're going to see a bunch of that stuff. And once that gets going, what I wonder is, can the Eagles offense keep up with the chiefs? That's going to be kind of my thing because I know the Chiefs are going to be able to put up points because no matter the situation, I mean, other than when we just talked about it, the Super Bowl, when Mahomes has no O-line, the Chiefs are going to be good for like, what, 28, 30, something? Like, well, you know what and I mean? that's the thing, right? Like, I mean, these are the questions that with a market that has sort of co- hovered around 50 from a total perspective and mm-hmm. is obviously, you know, hasn't really moved for a week or so here at minus one and a half. And, and partly be- the reason for that is because, you know, just to quickly touch on the point spread here, which I honestly don't really have all that much to, to sort of say on because it is what it is. It's like a pretty efficient market. It's the mm-hmm. freaking Super Bowl, right? We saw a bunch of, you know, money come in early. We saw it move around. You know, we, we like to talk about where it, you know, where it uh, came from and all of that. Um, so just quickly, as it pertains to all that stuff, you know, this line got as high as two and a half for the Eagles. And there were actually some alternative line threes at minus 125. Mm-hmm. We, you and I talked about that in a, in a 1030 p.m. on Championship Sunday <laughs> text exchange where you were looking at uh, Chiefs money line and I grabbed some uh, uh, Chiefs plus three at minus 125. 
for me, my decision for the rest of this, you know, these two weeks is do I just stick with that plus three at minus 125 or do I come back on the Eagles? And I'm sitting here sort of waiting for that. The only reason that would be a decision is if we get to a point where my projected lines are tweeted out on that Sunday at KC minus one. If that comes to fruition and the Eagles end up minus 105 on the money line, plus 100 on the money line, that's the point at which I would start to think about the Eagles. But the point is, is that is a thought for mm-hmm. me. Like I might, I might play the Eagles, but we're sitting here at one and a half. Now, Chell, I don't know, are you, if you're a big table games guy in Las Vegas, have you ever gotten into the, into the roulette scene? No, I can't say that I have. No, not a big roulette guy. Okay. No. Well, you're at the roulette table, right? And you have obviously your reds and your blacks and your one through 36s and all of that sort of thing. And uh, 36 or 32. Anyway, not, not important. Uh, but you also have your greens, right? Okay. The dreaded greens, the zero. Mm-hmm. And then came the double zero in like the mid to early 2000s to just screw people even worse. Even sometimes I think you'll see a triple zero. Nobody's betting on the zero or the triple zero. Well, in this point spread, Eagles by one is the green. It's the triple zero. Because if you're betting the Chiefs here, like, yeah, you've 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 typed out I'm KC. taking the money line. I was going to say, you typed out KC plus one and a half because you're a good soldier and that's the bit. But you're taking the Chiefs money line. Hell yeah. If you're on the Eagles, you're taking the Eagles money line? Nope. You're just taking Eagles minus one and a half, maybe even a minus one, just in case of the push, depending on the book you're at, et cetera, or the time of, of the week. But you're sitting there. At minus one and a half, or, you know, you specifically are sitting there with Chiefs, you know, a money line. And if this game lands on one, it's like when the roulette ball lands on zero. Everybody loses all of the money, (laughs) right? The the dealer just sweeps all the piles of chips off and everybody just kind of sits there, looks around. Maybe somebody mutters something. The, you know, the dealer kind of shrugs, <laughs> shrugs his shoulders. They throw that little glass thing that they put on the, you know, on the winning bet. They throw that thing away. They don't need that. Nobody want to bet here. Right. And so as much as it, it, roulette is just handing 50, 50, 50, 50 back and forth. Once you hit that green, everything gets wiped out. Mm-hmm. Same exact that sack, same exact thing with this point spread. So it maybe this gets to pick them by the time the game rolls around, but essentially the the books are playing this like a roulette wheel for yeah. a week and a half, just going, yeah, grab all your minus one and a halfs now because we're not going to you know pick them until way way later if at all, or grab your Chiefs money line. We're not going to plus three. That minus one twenty five is in fact what the best that we're going to get, mm-hmm. and so yeah, we're just going to stick at this point spread. So the point is. All of this, all this is to say, like, whether it's this total or whether it's that the fact that this is supposed to be a close game, maybe the Chiefs get to 28, but like they also didn't get to 28 last week when they got to 23. They got to 27 against the Jags. I mean, this isn't the Mm -hmm. Jags, this isn't, you know, a home Mm -hmm. game, etc. But it is indoors. So the idea of like a lot of scoring is possible. But again, a lot of it comes down to possessions. And if the Eagles don't give up a lot of possessions, because Gardner Minshew isn't throwing interceptions and because Jalen Hurts is converting third and ones and fourth and ones in, Mm. you know, sometimes they go, um, you know, I think it was by the goal line. They're like two yards away and they're just (laughs) on second down. They're like, you know what? Let's just go quarterback sneak. And it's like, we'll get one now and we'll get one later. And that's how we're going to play this. Right. That's not something you would do with Gardner Minshew. That's certainly not something the chiefs have basically ever done ever since Patrick Mahomes like dislocated his kneecap that one night when he tried a quarterback sneak years ago. So 
you know, again, yeah, like in theory, they get to 30 or 28, but again, just be, you know, speaking to the strength of schedule element, like, yeah, it's, it's something that we're all talking about. It hasn't really changed the market in a, in a drastic way. Like I said, I have can I'm at Kansas city minus one, but that's just my projection for the line, which is where it opened, by the way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean that's what I'm, you know, oh, it's plus one. And, or, you know, I mean, I can get Kansas City plus one when I think it's minus yeah. one. Like, no, okay, for sure. That ends up being sort of a 4% difference in the, in the money line. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, honestly, you know, we talk about like late season, end of, you know, end of season games. Like, as much as I preach, this is one of a thousand bets. It's still the Super Bowl. We still have mm-hmm. two weeks. It's the only time we have two weeks or even a full week to handicap one single game. Like, I'm going to put more into the handicap. You know what I mean? Totally. I'm going to put more into the football element versus like, oh, I'm getting 3% of value. Like, I'm not going to bet this like it's a Tuesday night hockey game. I'm going to bet this like it's sort of one game for all the marbles. Now, I'm not going to bet it from a financial standpoint like it's one game for all the marbles. So that's this is our responsible betting uh, portion of the program where we say, like, don't bet the side because it, you need to win a championship this Sunday. Just bet the side like it's a regular game and we'll have a ton of prop bets to sort of offset whether you win or lose on the side or the total. Yeah, yeah. And I think before we move on to the props and switch over to the props, I'm just going to give the people just one final. I'm leaning, I'm on, not leaning, I'm on the Chiefs. And as Matt greatly articulated there, yes, it says plus one and a half, but the advice would be to just take the Chiefs at plus money on the money line. I think it last I saw was plus 105. I think was the last I saw. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I'm on the Chiefs, and I know I do a lot of grandstanding here talking about me liking the Chiefs, right? no matter the situation and all that fun stuff, but actual football reasons, right? I think there's a couple of things that are being overlooked. You touched on it. A revamped defense. I think their defense is a lot better than it probably gets credit for. Even outside of Chris Jones, they're getting a lot of production from a lot of rookies that they hit on in the draft. They've been doing a really, really good job. One, I also think that it's very important. Andy Reid has been here before. You have an understanding of how you're going to deal with Super Bowl week, how you're going to prepare, how you're going to have your meetings scheduled. All of those things. These guys have been here before. Andy Reid knows what he's doing. This is a brand new situation for Mr. Sirianni. I'm not saying that he's going to mess that up. Not claiming to know that. Not saying any of that at all. I'm just saying it's one less thing to worry about from the Chiefs side. But most importantly... Mahomes is that dude. And I know this sounds crazy, and I know that there's more to football than just the quarterback. That's a pretty big reason for me to be betting on an underdog if I think that QB is just that dude. And watching what he was able to do hobbling around against the Bengals with no receivers and somehow finding a way to pull that game out of his ass, like just an incredible performance. And now you get two weeks. I mean, I'm sure at some point we'll see him hobbled in this game as well, but you have two weeks to come up with a game plan of how we can do our best to keep him upright. And I think that is a focus for Enemy and for Andy Reid. And they're just coming up with all these different plays. Like th- this is where all the Chiefs trick crazy plays will be coming out. It's the Super Bowl. The one thing that is going to be interesting to me to, to pay attention to Sirianni has been very aggressive this whole entire season, whether it's fourth downs, whether it's, you know, just going for it and being aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. Does he still do that with the bright lights of the Super Bowl? That's going to be interesting to see. And you would assume so. Cool. But also, 
you know me, and I talk about this all the time because I feel right. like my guy deserves more credit. I feel like Spags is in the lab right now. And I can't wait to see what Spags is going to come up with to try to just slow up this Eagles uh, offense and try to confuse Jalen Hurts. Just try to mess with them a little, see what he can take from that San Francisco defense, which mm -hmm. I'm not getting into that game. But I feel like there were things that you were probably going to be able to take from that game as a defense and even from an offense because I felt like I don't want to get into that game. I'm just going to stop. The point is, sure. Spags, I believe in Spags, and I just believe in the Chiefs in this scenario. I'm on the Chiefs, and I can't lie to you. I'm going to be heavy on the Chiefs on the Chiefs money line in this game because <laughs> I just don't – I don't I, – I genuinely don't understand it. And I feel all the talk about the Eagles yeah. is like narrative stuff based on them beating teams that aren't really that good, whereas, you know, now you're talking – bright lights of the super bowl if you have to play a close game and right. we're talking about a pick'em game which side do i want to be on in a close game if there's like five minutes left in the super bowl which right. side do i want to be on undoubtedly it's the chiefs that's where i'm sitting that's where i'm at that's my speech yeah I, and that's the thing and you listen the bit is right you're gonna make a, pi a pick yeah, and yeah. i'm either going to try to talk you out of it or or, or no, not I think right and in this case, I'm I'm not going to talk you out of it, right? That's like if that's that's the stance. Like, <laughs> it it doesn't mean I'm on the cheese. Yeah, I got it you. You know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily mean I, I I'm off the cheese. I do have this sort of thing, and it's funny you and I talked about this before the show, but the idea of you know, okay, everybody has the takes, and then there's enough time between the championship game and the Super Bowl to everybody like bring the reverse of the take. And right. uh, and that's that happens in the prop betting market, that happens right. in the game market, et cetera, et cetera. But again, that's why we know what the point spreads are supposed to be Correct. going in, right? So the idea that like, again, listen, the Chiefs have been plus 120 uh, on the money line, they're plus 105 now. They have been minus, you know, 110 when the game opened at Pickham. Again, these are all sort of three to four to five percent changes in in implied win probability, right? Not mm -hmm. drastic moves. Yeah. Like that's, you know, you can move something from minus two on one side to minus two on the other side, and it's basically the equivalent of going through three, uh, you know, uh, from a two and a half to three and a half, right? When it comes to key numbers, right? So yeah. all of these numbers are all essentially the same. But when it comes to like sort of reversing take or or, or that sort of thing, I I just go okay. Like it sucks that the that the Eagles that we keep missing out on opportunities for the Eagles to get tested in a way that like we can decide once and for all. Yes, if they're good or not. It's so true. But that's not their fault. But a, it's not their fault. And B, what if we did? And the Eagle, you know, what if Purdy was fine last week? Does that mean because one game the Eagle, you know, and, and obviously the Eagles win and they're in the Super Bowl or we wouldn't yeah, be having this conversation. But like, does that one game where they're successful against a full, you know, 49ers team, is that something that we should be judging the Eagles on either? You and I talk all the time about not judging a team off of one game, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, okay, I don't, know that we needed one game or, or honestly a one game scenario 
would probably get us into more trouble, right? Because again, how often do we see that team on a Sunday night look really yeah, good? Yeah, and then yeah, by yeah. Sunday afternoon, they're a three and a half point road favorite somewhere. And, you know, they lose by two touchdowns and everybody's shocked and the, and the market sort of resets itself, et cetera, et cetera. So mm -hmm. instead, all we have is kind of the accumulation of what, maybe not results, but what the Eagles do, mm -hmm. right? Like knowing what, they, mm -hmm. what the Eagles are. So yeah. whether it's they're good in the first half or, you know, again, Jalen Hurts is, you know, this, that, or whatever. I look at it, and again, I'm right there when it comes to Spagnola. He's going, you know, he's the guy who brings blitzes from every different position, right? Like a bunch of guys in the secondary have sacks this this year. Uh, a handful of guys not in the secondary have interceptions, you know, uh, yeah. ipso facto. Uh, so the thing is, against Jalen Hurts, who struggles against the blitz, which is something that obviously like young quarterbacks are going to do, but against Jalen Hurts and the idea of, you know, obviously the mesh play action pass, run pass option, he's a different animal than Joe Burrow. Who And Joe Burrow totally. can mesh himself till he's blue in the face with Joe Mixon and the idea yeah. that, oh, Joe it's Burrow might stay. take off. Nobody believes Joe Burrow's actually going to take off. Right. And sometimes Joe Burrow will. And Joe Burrow had that run where he just took off up the middle because the Chiefs didn't line up anybody in the middle, essentially daring Burrow to kind of just snap it and go. And he did. And I think he gained like 15 yards. But Hertz is a different animal. It isn't facing Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and, you know, Russell mm -hmm. Wilson and Derek Carr and some of these teams that the Chiefs defense play over and over. And Derek Carr will burn you on, you know, single coverage because you blitzed. And Justin Herbert will throw an awesome ball down the sideline in man-to-man -man coverage. Yeah. Jalen Hurts will, will mess you up because your, your uh, middle linebacker is stuck in the mud and can't yeah. move, right? And doesn't know whether he's handing the ball off or he's throwing it to Goddard or he's taking it off, him, taking off himself. And we've had another two weeks after two weeks of seeing that Jalen Hurts was willing to run the football and didn't really have to in the second half of those games. So he's an interesting element as far as like, is he going to go back with one game left in the season? He could blow that shoulder into smithereens by the fourth quarter if he wants to, because he's got all the time in the world to get that fixed. And maybe he's, maybe he's already headed for surgery, right? Like we don't know. It might be one of those deals where he just plays through it and then get surgery at the end of the season. Obviously, I'm sort of making up a circumstance, right? But like the idea is, this is it. We don't mm -hmm. have to save Jalen Hurts for anything. Yeah. And if you're blitzing one side, like this isn't really the dude to, to do that. Do that or or mm -hmm. to or expect expect success while doing that. And if yeah. he's willing to run it, and they have these different obvious weapons that they're going to use in short passing, like leaving, you know, you talked about the corners for the Chiefs, and that group is really thin. That's There's three corners that are rookies and Legereus Sneed, and Legereus Sneed plays four snaps in that game. And obviously the Bengals couldn't take advantage of that to the point of victory, but you can mm -hmm. see towards the second half of that game, right? They oh, started, yeah. they're converting third and 17s and all that kind of thing. And you go, man, like once they kind of figured out how to get the ball out quickly, they were never going to beat them down the field. But once they figured out how to get the ball out quickly, they were able to pinpoint, you know, the, the, the Joshua matchups. Williams, I believe is his name. The third, uh, the third rookie in the secondary, right? Trent McDuffie's a good player. But again, still a rookie, and they're going to force those guys to tackle. Like those guys might be good in coverage, but we haven't seen those guys need to tackle in a way 
that you know the Bengals weren't able to sort of make them make you know they tried a couple of times yeah. quick passes to Jamar Chase but you know that that's that's what the Eagles are going to do it's going to be getting guys out in space and forcing rookies to tackle on a really big stage and so like that's a little bit scary and that's the that's even assuming J- J- Liberi, excuse me Legarius Sneed can even survive this game who's you know still kind of slowly coming through concussion protocol and like I think the expectation is that he's going to play and if he ends up, you know, that's speaking of moving the line, right? If they get the Juju Smith is fine um, and Sneed is fine and this guy's fine, that guy's fine. Like that's when we might see this line go down closer to pick him. But honestly, I'm not positive. Just in the same way, I'm not positive that Tony's going to make it through the game. I'm not positive Juju's going to make it through the game. And I'm not positive that Legereus Sneed is going to make it through the game. And whether that's, a, you know, a, a re-injury, if you will, from a concussion standpoint or a re-injury elsewhere, once they get to... Again, I think his name's Joshua Williams. It sounds that sounds so generic, like it's a creative player in Madden <laughs> or whatever. But like he's the guy who gets like three percent of the snaps at the best of times, and at the worst of times ends up having to get like a hundred percent of the snaps. And that's mm-hmm. where things go really badly. And so when whether that's short passes to a guy like Devontae Smith or long passes to a guy like Devontae Smith or AJ Brown, like that's what I'm worried about. Cause if once you're blitzing and you have to keep a guy in to spy on Jalen Hurts, right? And so, like, how many guys are left at that point when when there's a spy that's sort of lingering and you want a blitz, and obviously a blitz means a fifth rusher, so you're using six guys sort of conceptually around the line of scrimmage on what could be a pass play. That doesn't leave a ton on the back end against, you know, against pretty talented players um, when it comes to the Eagles. And so from a football standpoint, I just keep looking at that and I go, like, yeah, I like that conceptually you know, defensively for the Chiefs. I just, this is just that really tough matchup for those guys on the outside that are going to be, you know, theoretically repeatedly tested. But like the Eagles didn't have to do that once they took yeah. a 21-7 lead against the 49ers, right? They didn't have to test the outside of, uh, you know, of the Giants or honestly any other team. I mean, they have tested the outside. They do it like happily, bomb you know, long bombs against the Titans and the Steelers and the Packers, et cetera. Right. Like they're happy, they're happy to throw it deep. And I know, you know, some people are worried about Hertz's shoulder and the fact that his, you know, he hasn't been accurate since coming back. Mm -hmm. Hasn't really needed to be. And we haven't had the large sample size to really actually believe that. And the temperature controlled Arizona desert, like, you know, it's not, we're not dealing with, you know, minus whatever conditions in Philadelphia for a guy. Yeah. No, no, no. I totally got you. And I think that it's super interesting to me just as we take in all these different sides and the different angles of this game that, I mean, I see it being a close game and I think that's super amazing. And I think the one thing that I come back to is I can't really see the Chiefs getting blown out, but for whatever reason, I don't know if I see Jalen Hurts making a comeback. Right. And I know that sounds weird, but I'm saying like if the Chiefs, for whatever reason, were able to get out to a big lead, is Jalen Hurts going to throw, be able to throw the ball enough to come back, right? Which, right. I mean, would be yeah. counter to everything that the Eagles have done this year because it's not like they've fallen behind a lot. But I'm just trying to play out all the and, different scenarios and, Shell, and stuff. Don't you know? worry. I've got a prop bet for you with that angle. <laughs> well, and it's a well plus let's get five. to it. You want to get into it? Because we, yeah, we, I mean, we can weave all of this stuff in throughout the props because fundamentally so, – what we're looking for when it comes to props is a lot of people will tell you, well, pick a side in the game and then bet the props like you like you believe that's going to happen, right? So you're like, oh, yeah, I think the Eagles win or I think the Eagles win handily. So this is how I'm going to bet the game. No, 
if you're going to do that, just bet the Eagles. You know what I mean? Bet the Eagles yeah, big, yeah. bet the Eagles and whatever. If you think there's going to be a ton of scoring and so you're betting all these overs, just bet the over. Don't overcomplicate it. Or, you know, don't do all of that and bet the props that you think can win multiple ways. We have talked about this in I years like before when we do this, right? Figure out two different narratives, one for each side that still provide your prop bet an opportunity to win. So I'll throw it to you and we can sort of go from there. So this is what I want to do. We do we do this a couple years in a row. I want you to start with the serious prop. Then I'm going to give you one of the either Rihanna props or right. just a silly prop, whatever to do with the other fun things that the other people at your Super Bowl party might be into. For sure. Does that okay. sound cool? I'll let you start off. I'll let we you go. start off with uh, with your first prop that you want to give us here. Okay. Um I have some, like, okay, let's talk about that. We just talked about Hertz and the idea of a spy and the, and the trouble that the Eagles um, bring to certain teams. And so this one's a deep one. We're going to, you know, we obviously talked about the Mahomes under, there's going to be some more, you know, sort of standard ones. There's also going to be some, you know, a little bit looser ones or, or ones that aren't usually available. Um, you know, we talked about the Eagles offense putting you in a bind right and we talked mm -hmm. we saw fred warner sort of standing there and you know it wasn't necessarily that he was confused it was that his job was to stay as deep as hertz was right and so yeah miles sanders gets the ball and he has a th theoretical three-step lead on fred warner but that's what fred warner had to do in that situation because hertz might hang on to the ball at which point warner then being a really fast linebacker has to sort of catch up Good news, Warner's a, a fast linebacker and he can do it. That's part of the game plan. Chiefs, not necessarily there when it comes to, I mean, who else, who is a fast, as fast a linebacker as Fred Warner, right? Nobody. True. So you're going to get the pursuit from the linebackers. And that means somebody's got to make a tackle. I went through basically every game this season that Jalen Hurts played against opposing defenses and mm -hmm. looked at the tackle numbers for the defensive players in those games. And the thing that popped out is that safeties had to make a ton of tackles. They were yes. either making the most tackles they'd made all season, or they made the most tackles in the game, or tandems were making like a combined 18 tackles, and so on and so forth, right? Essentially, the, uh, the Eagles offense puts the front seven into a bind and makes the secondary have to come up and tackle. Justin Reed, for uh, four years with the Texans, this is his first year, fifth year uh, starter in the NFL, is the safety who is going to support. Um, Juan Thornhill is the safety who is going to play most in coverage. So they sort of first man up, if you will, when it comes to supporting run uh, run plays or you know run defense, if you will, is Justin Reed. His tackle number is five and a half. Okay. Basically every safety that plays the Eagles this season has gone over five and a half. We even saw uh, Hufanga have uh, six tackles last week, or I guess it was two weeks ago now for the 49ers. And again, that was in a circumstance where the game was largely out of hand and you didn't have a ton of, um, you know, you didn't you have to worry as much about some, you know some of the plays that the Eagles are running in the second half. Obviously, we expect this game to be close, whether or not the Eagles have success, right? This is not a bet on the Eagles having success. 
This is not having. This is not a bet on the Chiefs having success. This yeah. is just a bet on circumstance that yeah. the the Eagles want the safety to have to come up and make a play, and he's just going to have to. Whether he makes those plays or not, yeah, that you know that's that's whether what's going to win or lose the bet. But honestly, I think this is a bet that could probably win by the mid third quarter. If you know, again, if Hertz is running the ball as much as I think he may run the ball. Reed is going to have to make tackles. He is going to be in position to make tackles. Maybe that's for a three-yard gain. Maybe that's for a 30-yard gain. And that doesn't even include the downfield passing element where Reed may have to make some tackles. Justin Reed, over five and a half tackles, arguably one of my favorite bets, which is all you need to know about Super Bowl Sunday and sitting there, you're knee-deep into some veggie dip, and you're yelling when Justin Reed, number 20 on the Kansas City Chiefs, makes a tackle in the first quarter, and you're pumped up about it because uh, you've bet not too much money, but maybe more money than you thought you were going to have on a singular tackler in the Super Bowl. Five and a half tackles is that number? That's right. That is amazing. I love Over that. I just, I just love that because I think like this is what this podcast is about. I would just like to say that. <laughs> That's right. Right? That yeah. is the the well, honestly, that is what the deep dive, that is the structure of the game, figuring out an angle or something that is you yeah. think is going to happen. And then what is a, a, a prop or a bet that you can then get to? And figuring out that, yeah. I love that. I well, listen, that. buckle up because we've got a few. We've got a few more. I will quickly interject because I wrote it literally last week, and it sort of, you know, is sort of what you're you're saying. Uh, I wrote last week in an article. You know, I, it's like, okay, what do you do on the off week of the Super Bowl? Well, first of all, you look, take your first look at the odds. You take your first look at the MVP, and then you grab whatever you can from a prop standpoint that you think is going to get you know, moved. And that's going to get moved in one of two ways, just pure big time bets. Not all that likely because of, you know, this is not a high limit on, you know, well, Justin Reed tackles, for example, or mm -hmm. a ton of prop bets, certainly a full week plus before the Super Bowl. But once people start talking about the game and they start, and listen, we're all sort of largely seeing the same thing. And that's the fun part about a Justin Reed over tackles, because I don't think you're going to hear that elsewhere. But the article in, in the off week was about Bets that you need to make now because other, I, and I'm not allowed to sort of say this in, in print, but because other people, other entities, other content are going to jump on this next week, i.e. this week, right? So <laughs> yeah. we got on Kenneth Gainwell over uh, rushing yards at 16, 17 and a half. That number is now 19 and a half and people are like tripping over themselves right now to bet Kenneth Gainwell overs. Doesn't mean that over is going to hit. Doesn't mean that the two or three yards that we got ahead of the market is going to be the difference, but it was just some. Which would you rather have? 16 and a half, 17 and a half, or 19 and a half? Same thing with our guy, Jody Fortson, plus 600 anytime touchdown. Now, the price hasn't moved on that, but what happened this week? Again, I wrote this article last Wednesday. What happened this Monday? Your guy, Cousin Sal, handed uh, out Jody yeah. Fortson anytime touchdown, said that he read a couple articles talking about hey. how Jody Fortson was a matchup was that necessarily something that i had written i don't know you'd have to ask mr iacono about that but the point is i'm sitting there on monday listening to that and again shaking my head at 80 percent of the content but also shaking my head at the fact that yes the, the cat is out of the bag the secret is out of the bag on our guy jody fortson and again a couple other podcasts again not saying they read my article by any stretch of the imagination again we're all just seeing the same stuff here so we got that out early now everybody kind of piling in on that. And so I'd like to tell you, Justin Reed over five and a half tackles is not something that you're going to see from any other content provider 
I almost promise you that. I like it. I like it a lot. And that leads me to my first prop here. And of course, if you know me, you know I am a sole founding member of Rock Nation. And with a Rock Nation artist, namely Rihanna, performing, clearly, I'm very interested in this, my friend. Rihanna's first song on stage. Okay. Mm -hmm. First song. We have Diamonds at plus 250. Okay. Where have you been? Plus 400. Stay plus 400. Don't stop the music plus 500. And then we get into what's my name at 10 to 1. Uh, a couple at 10 to 1 here. We got what's my name, Umbrella, Rude Boy. Um, I got to say here, I can see it being diamonds just because it, it seems like a very, you know, lights are down, mm-hmm. right? And then you just hear the, her, the vocals shine bright like, a, you know, I'm not going to sing. But you know what I'm saying? Oh. Lights are down. You can hear it. You can, you can feel it. Lights pop up. There's the stage. There it is. It's either something like that or something coming in hot and hype like Rude Boy. That would be a nice 10 to 1. Right. That's where I'm looking here for the first song on stage for rihanna what say you my friend what is uh, does anything there stick out to you should we be concerned about the content of rude boy i don't know if that's i don't know if that's super bowl um <laughs> well the, the fair fair very valid point i feel like maybe because we've had i feel like we had this a couple years ago where they didn't really play the full song but they gave you like a little almost like a medley off the front end yeah and there was some there was confusion some was it dr dre was it one of the, was it from uh, yeah, last, last Super year? Bowl? Yeah. There's some controversy because they kind of like played a little something, something to start, mm-hmm. but didn't actually follow through the song. Right. And then people were kind of questioning what was going down here. I just think, you know, I, I, Diamonds is plus 250 for a reason. The the, sure. the favorite, quote unquote. But um, I don't know. I, I, I really like that. I got to say that. I got to say I like Diamonds just because I can see the scene being set. Lights down, lights pop up. You know what was the odds on that? Plus two fifty is what I'm seeing here. Okay. Uh, what is this from? Oh, well, this was from February first, so maybe the odds have changed here. Actually, well, so I was on. Let me quickly interject, right? So I we're like talking it. about like this it. on Wednesday, and mm-hmm. it, I think Wednesday is the day that they have the rehearsal. Ooh. So inevitably, this is going to get leaked. I've seen so a couple of things when it comes to the markets on these, and this is I the best it. I can give you here. I love One, it. I saw a market that literally had the same song favored as to be the first song and the last song. Okay. So that just means like, okay, that's going to be, that's a sort of conceptually. It's like that song is in for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's right. And it's like, okay, you go and if you think it's first, you bet it. And if you think it's, you know, last, you bet it. And we make money no matter what sort of happens here. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like your idea when it comes to uh, diamonds. I I think the song that I'm taught that I'm referring to was please don't stop the music, which I sort of think is a little bit more suited to, I was going to say the first song. Oh, um, because they, okay. you know what I mean? Because you're mm-hmm. please don't stop mm-hmm. music, and then you're playing a bunch of music. Um, fundamentally, though, you know, again, I don't. I'm, again, I'm not that averse um, with uh, Rihanna's oeuvre, uh, but I would say I want to steer clear of songs that have features on them, because if there's going to be people joining the Jay Z's, the Calvin Harris's, etc., right? They, you want those guys to come in and get their shine. Right, they, they're not gonna, 
and then leave and not come in with Rihanna. Like Rihanna's going to come mm-hmm. in on her own. That's the whole point. This isn't, you know, this isn't last year where it's, well, it is, it's Eminem, it's Snoop, it's Dre, it's Mary J, like all four of them. And like, that's the, that's the, you know, headline where it's like, theoretically, any one of them could start because all of them were in the, you know, all of them were at the press conference, if you will. Yes. Right. This is more of a Katy Perry situation where like, yeah, somebody could pop in or not, but we, they aren't on the headline. They aren't on the poster. This isn't their return. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you're trying to handicap this, just, I think steer clear for like pretty significant sort of feature elements. Maybe Jay Z is the exception because you know what I mean. Jay Z could supersede and and take over and and be the first guy seen. But listen, this is Rihanna's show, right? So she's got to go first, I think. So something with that's a, that's sort of a Rihanna only uh, jam. I actually kind of feel like I don't. I wouldn't bet on Jay Z being a part of this because I kind of feel like so it'd he's be like minus sac- two fifty though. I know, I've, but I kind of feel it might be sacrilegious that he didn't go on stage when Beyonce performed, did he, at the Super Bowl? I feel like he didn't go on stage during Beyonce's performance and be kind of weird if, or maybe he did. Hold on, I'm going to look that up right now as we're talking. Um, but he's he's part of Umbrella, I guess, would be one is, that yes. would be in the right? um, So I would cross is, that out. Yes. He is in the song Umbrella for sure. But I feel like she could just do the song and he doesn't have to like come and perform. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. He yeah. didn't I mean, that's perform always kind during of the Beyonce yeah. set, which I feel like if you were going to perform during halftime, wouldn't you perform with your wife and not Rihanna? Or uh, are you not looking to upstage your wife? Whereas it's, if it's not your wife, you don't really care about upstaging. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I like that one. I like that one. I like that one. You got me there. You got me there. I think like overall, I think I like diamonds still. That is where I'm going to, that's where I'm going to send people to. That is going to be my suggestion. I'm seeing some places putting this up at plus 500 for uh, Rihanna's first song being diamonds. So, I mean, that's my pick. That's what I'm going to say. And I'm going to turn it back over to you, my friend. What is your next prop? I thought you were going to turn it back to me for more Rihanna stuff. And I had a mild heart attack. Um, well, I guess right. I'll do last song. Last song has to be <laughs> umbrella or please don't stop the music. So there we go. I guess I'll, <laughs> I'll get that out of the way song. now. I'll get that out of the way now. <laughs> I guess I'll do last song. He says, I love it. Um, <laughs> well, Hey, what's the point of letting you go again? And then I'm going to come back and be like, all right, Rihanna last song. <laughs> touche. Touche. Okay. Uh, one that I like a lot as well. And that is a little bit off the board, not something we're betting on a Sunday afternoon by any stretch of the imagination. You can get this over at the score bet. For those of you in Ontario, uh, a couple other spots have been on and off with regards to off it like some of them have it listed but they haven't actually put uh that it's not actually open necessarily so it'll shout out to the score bet for at least being willing to take some money on this uh longest it sounds like i'm talking about golf longest drive of the game okay set at 81 and a half yards and sort of fundamentally i think you look at that you know, and you go, oh, okay, two good offenses. They could have a, a long drive. Like, this isn't going to be an under game. This is going to be an over game. Like, offenses are good. But you have to remember, sometimes these prop bets aren't always what they seem. They're not necessarily asking you the question they that you think they're asking. This one's actually asking you more about starting field position in this game. Because you can't have an 82-yard drive mm-hmm. if you start 
at the 25 every time. Okay. So we're going under on longest drive at 81 and a half yards because I don't think we're going to have a ton of situations where either team is start in their starting position is in on the 18 or shorter. And here's why. Buckle up. This is we talked about the idea of like 20 possessions in that Dallas uh, Philadelphia game, right? I still have to believe because both these good teams are good offensively that they're not going to have a bunch of three and outs. They're not going to have a bunch of turnovers, right? That's why mm-hmm. we see low numbers when it comes to interceptions. We see low numbers. Obviously we talked about the Jalen hurts, not turning the ball over very often. So sort of put a pin in that for a second, but the total is 51 right now. So there's going to be a lot of scoring. So the possessions are theoretically going to end in points a lot of time. Well, what happens when a possession ends in points? The next possession starts at, on a kickoff. So now we got to look at kickoff touchback numbers. This Ooh. game is being played indoors, as it often is. It's being played mm-hmm. in Arizona. And so we have to look at the two kickers um, for each team. We've got Elliott for the Eagles, and we've got Butker for the Chiefs. And so each guy has played only a, you know, listen, they're out outside uh you know in philadelphia they're outside in kansas city a lot they've only played a handful of games indoors and had opportunity to do so jake elliott has one non-touchback in a dome this season he is kicking touchbacks in domes left right and center and that one non-touchback was when cavante turpin got a little loose and returned one from seven yards deep in the end zone in that game that we talked about in Dallas, which obviously high possession game, high offense game, Kevontae Turpin was feeling it, yada, yada, yada. If he, if Elliot consistently kicks the ball seven yards deep into the end zone, mm-hmm. we're not getting any returns from Kansas city. Butker had, uh, they played in Arizona, the very first game of the season, Butker's first kick touchback, but he got hurt. Then our guy, Justin Reed, from the tackle prop, he ended up doing kickoffs the rest of the game. Justin Reed kicked five out of seven touchbacks. I remember this. Yes. He's booting balls. Arizona might be a really great place to kick ball to kick off balls, especially when you're Jay Kelly. Now, in my article, uh, it's the deep cut article. Surprising, because this is a pretty deep cut when it comes to a prop bet. Uh, mm-hmm. I talk about Jake Elliott having, you know, his a career year in distance. Uh, Butker, uh, his career is about the same as Elliott's career year. His numbers were down this year because, again, he was battling injury for much of the season. He's obviously back to being healthy. We don't know how much these guys are going to actually be used when it comes to field goals. Quick bonus prop. I've actually got under three and a half field goals because, again, these both these teams are good at fourth downs. They are good in the red zone, so there's a quick bonus right there. You want to I throw like that it. up? You can absolutely do it because I don't really have much more to say about it other than that. But the point is, is these guys are going to kick a ton of touchbacks. And when the Chiefs uh, kick off after they score... The Eagles have one of the have I think we're thirtieth in the league in returning kicks, so they're not okay. even really trying to return kicks. But strangely mm. enough, Boston Scott, their primary kick returner, was fifth in the league in length of kickoff return. Okay. Now you go well. Doesn't wouldn't you think that they'd want to use him and have him run? Uh, kicks out of the end zone well no we just talked about how they don't do that they don't have a ton of kick returns but when he does 
And that's sort of the backup plan, right? Oh, if one of these guys do return the ball from two yards, three yards, seven yards deep, can they get? Because the idea is once you get past the 18 yard line, we're good. Score yeah. all the touchdown drives you want from 80 yards, 75 yards, et cetera. But whether it's him, Boston Scott, who is fifth most receiving yards, average, um, excuse me, uh, return yards on kickoffs, he could bail us out by returning one 21 yards, 20 yards to get past that 18-yard line. Meanwhile, the Chiefs' best kick returner, theoretically, Nicole Hardman, not playing this week. So Ooh. cancel him out. Their second best kick returner, Isaiah Pacheco. Very good kick returner in limited opportunity. So again, if there are, again, Jake Elliott's pounding balls deep into the uh, back of the end zone, both these teams are going to take the ball on the 25-yard line, right? Why risk a fumble? Why risk not getting to the 25-yard line? So with both kickers booting the ball into the end zone, we're not going to have a ton of touchbacks. Now there's the age-old thing about how the first kickoff, uh, it has the... Um, uh, commemorative ball and how it's rarely a touchback. Maybe that comes into play here, but again, these guys are booting them so deep that it might not matter that it's a commemorative ball. And this and the Arizona, whether it's the dry desert air or the field conditions or the wind patterns, I don't know. But obviously, a place that gives up a fair amount of touchbacks. Now, keep in mind that's just touchbacks. So the other things we have to worry about are what? Well, punts that get downed inside the twenty-yard line. Do either of these teams in a, a game lined with a total at 51, do either of these teams look like a team who's looking to play the field position game? Mm. Not really, right? Like this is, you know, think about it. If you're downing a ball inside the 10-yard line or inside the 18-yard line, I guess, technically, right? Well, that's a 40-yard punt. So that 40-yard punt is probably coming from around midfield. These two teams are going for it at midfield. Right. And if we're talking about definitely punts, right, that punts are going to be returnable if it's any longer than that. And by the way, that's if there's even any punts in this game or a yeah. lot of punts in this game, which, by the way, there might not be. And then the third element is turning the ball over in the red zone. Right. Fourth downs. Both these teams are basically at the top of the league in fourth down conversions when they go for it. You know, whether it's having two weeks for Andy Reid to be able to come up with a play, whether it's the Eagles managing second and third down, knowing that they only really need to get one yard short of the sticks by the time they hit fourth down, that's the advantage they have in the red zone, right? All these other teams mm. are playing second and eight, thinking that they only have two downs to get eight yards. The Eagles are playing second and eight, knowing that they have two downs to get seven yards because they're almost definitely going to succeed in a quarterback sneak situation. So I don't expect the teams to turn the ball over inside the red zone. It's not what Jalen Hurts does. It's largely not what Patrick Mahomes does. I expect both these teams to have success at fourth down if they even need it. Again, I don't think they're going to punt in a scenario where, like, let's just play for field position. That's not really Sirianni, who's throwing bombs on fourth and three against San Francisco. Sorry, Shell. And that's not really Andy Reid, especially. And again, I think both these, we, you and I talk about it all the time. Do Does a coach know what game he's in? Right? Yes. These two Very teams big. should know what game they're in. And it's not a punt the ball to the other team type of a game. So if no one, whether it's via fourth down failure, punt or kick return, ever starts inside the 20 yard line, or in this case, inside, you know, 18 yards and shorter. Well, there's just, there's not going to even be an opportunity to have a drive longer than 81 and a half yards. And if they did, by the way, 
not all is lost if that first kick only gets returned to the 18-yard line. The team still has to go all the way down and score a touchdown for you to lose the bet. So again, how many times are they even going to start the ball? Start either team start with the ball in the 18-yard line or shorter? And how many times are they going to convert that into a touchdown? I have to say it seems like less than a 50-50 type of a deal here. And this prop is available at that sort of 50-50 number, minus 110, minus 120, something along those lines. Longest drive under 81 and a half. Ooh, I like it. I like it a lot. I will keep things moving here. And my next one, it's not a crazy one, but it's one that you hear about all the time. Anthem length. Oh, boy. So national anthem length is set at two minutes and five seconds. The over is set at minus 135. The under plus money at plus 105. The anthem is being sung by Chris Stapleton, country music singer. Usually performs with his guitar, you know. Now, does that add a slower performance? Because he's, you know, going to keep it a little acoustic. I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But I'm going with the under because of the plus money. But also, Luke Bryant, another country singer, did it six years ago at 2.04. So I'm going to take the under and plus money. That's that's it. That's my insight. That's all I got. That's all I got for you. That's all I got. So... Here's my insight. This opened at uh, 120, uh, 120 seconds, which is obviously two minutes flat, um, mm-hmm. has gone up. You mentioned the juice being to the over. So I think conceptually, uh, mm-hmm. I've, I'm even seeing a over minus 135 on two minutes and six and a half seconds. Woo. So it, that just means you might okay. want to hit the under at two minutes and six and a half seconds there um, at uh, a certain Canadian sports book that uh, I'm not affiliated with. Um one, I just want to sort of mention this one uh, market that is available in that same location, which is kind of all you need to know about that location. Um, the, the, to be shown first during the anthem, right? Like oh, the, the, okay. the yeah, individual yeah. to be shown during first during the anthem. Let me let me know if you think there's anything a little bit odd about these odds. Uh, Andy Reid, minus 125. Okay. Nick Sirianni, minus 115. Okay. Patrick Mahomes, Minus 130 and Jalen Hurts minus 110. That's uh, wait, what? That's I'm all confused. That's that's all four options at minus money, folks. For, so, I'm so confused. As you know, we like to translate things into win probability, right? So, yeah. you know, a minus 110 is a 52 and a half percent win probability. And the idea is, you know, two minus 110s at 52 and a half, that equals 105% win probability, which tells you that the book's hold is 5%, right? Like that's the, that's the rudimentary uh, stats. Well, if you start adding, you know, again, we have that one minus 110. If you start adding three others at minus 115, minus 125, and minus 130, now we're looking at about 215 to 20% uh, of win probability, which means the sportsbook's hold is 115%. I'm so confused. <laughs> which That's... is, yeah, that, that is beyond the zero in the roulette wheel. That is like they've got a third and fourth color on the board that just nobody is allowed to bet. So uh, steer clear of uh, that market if you find it.
So also see just quickly before you go, just another silly one that obviously we will not spend much time on, but it's just ridiculous. Both Jason and Travis Kelsey score one TD at <laughs> <Yeah>. plus 15,000. <laughs> so good. That's so good. stupid. That's pretty good. So, so dumb. <laughs> okay, um, go. you're up. You're up. Okay. Okay. So those last two were sort of my favorites as far as like really like just sussing out the game here. So I can do a little more uh, along the lines of rapid fire, right? Obviously, a lot of my concern with the chief secondary, you know, it can be sort of categorized in a couple of different ways, right? We talked about how I wrote one for, uh, wrote a little prop article um, more than a week ago. We talked about the Fortson thing. We talked about the Gainwell thing. By the way, you know, those are now on the board. We can sort of don't have to talk about those uh, any further. Uh, but the other one was Jalen Hurts over 37 and a half uh, for his longest pass completion, right? I just think whether it's a screen pass, and again, any screen pass can, you know, to a wide receiver could theoretically go for a long, go a long way. But when you got a guy like Devontae Smith, right, who is just all speed, and some, you know, maybe some dicey tackling from rookie corners and a safety or two that might be a little bit closer to their line of scrimmage than maybe they're used to playing or a heavy blitz type of a defense. Like, mm -hmm. I don't need Jalen Hurts to have some incredible accuracy. By the way, like, he's also more than willing to throw the ball deep. And yeah, like, you have to be somewhat accurate to throw the ball deep. But when A.J. Brown is on your team... Or maybe you have a coverage breakdown, which occasionally happens from time to time. You don't have to be all that accurate, you know, when you're going playoff, you know, play action passing, et cetera, et cetera. So I think he does hit a big one. Ipso facto, I think a lot of their yardage is off of that one play. Do I think Jalen Hurts throws the ball a ton in this game? Not really. So I'm actually mm -hmm. going under on 31 and a half pass attempts from Jalen Hurts. Okay. Because again, you know, you mentioned, okay, is it going to get close? Is it, you know, is it going to be close throughout? Are they going to be trailing? All that kind of thing. These are bets that whether Jalen Hurts is trailing late, I mean, he'd have to be trailing really big late for him to just drop back and throw. And I don't think that's a good spot for Jalen Hurts, right? But that again, I'm not going to bet on the Chiefs because I think the Chiefs have this big lead and Jalen Hurts can't come back, right? I'm you know, I, I think there's sort of better ways to kind of bet that conceptually. One of those ways, and this is the one that I was referencing earlier, there is a wager on the score bet. The Chiefs win the fourth quarter with a shutout. I.e., okay. <laughs> the Chiefs, it's essentially the Chiefs score in the fourth quarter and the Eagles don't. Don't, yeah, yeah. That, at plus 500 to Ooh. me is the way to fade the concept of Jalen hurts being able to bring them back with his arm. IE the chiefs Ooh. have a lead at the start of the fourth quarter and the Eagles need a touchdown, you know, to get it within seven, to get it within this game, get it within that. And he can't do it. Or we talked about like they're needing to be sort of two different narratives in order to win, win a bet or the Eagles have a big lead as they've had in multiple games this season and they don't need to score. And, you know, they end up kneeling the ball with two minutes to go because they burn, you know, they've gone on a six minute drive, even though the chiefs, you know, got a touchdown to get within seven. And you know what I mean? Like they aren't pushing, needing a field goal, trying to kick a field goal. They aren't trying to score. Now, again, you have a couple of different situations where in one case, the Eagles are winning the game. In the other case, the Chiefs win the game. But both sort of work in the way that we need it to. 
Both are relatively unlikely, but that's the point of it being plus 500. Again, the Eagles, first half team. I don't want to fade them in the first quarter. I don't want to fade them in the second quarter. I might not even want to fade them in the third quarter, though, again, second half, long halftime, who really knows? But when it comes to game script and sort of two polars, two poles of a potential game script, Chiefs uh, win the fourth quarter by a shutout at 5-1 to one odds is that play that I referenced there. Let's do some a little bit quicker here. Um, talked about the Mahomes under, oh, both. Oh, here's another one that might take a little, a little bit of time, but hopefully not. Uh, both quarterbacks complete their first pass attempt. Both QBs complete their first pass attempt at plus 105. They go, okay, why are we doing this? And here's sort of the math in all of this. If you look at it, it's an underdog bet. Right, it's plus 105. The favorite is for one of them to not complete their first pass. That's at like minus 135. So, how did they come up with those odds? Well, pretty simple, right? You look at Mahomes' uh, pass completions, you multiply it, or pass completion percentage, I should say, and you multiply that by Jalen Hurts' pass completion percentage. So, they actually have pretty similar. So, Mahomes is, I think, 67, pretty much flat, and Jalen Hurts' pass completion percentage is 66 and a half. So that's basically two-thirds times two-thirds, and you're going to come up with about 45%, right? So theoretically, there's at any two, if you grab any two completions from those guys, they are going to both complete them at 45%, which is around plus 125 from a natural odds. So you're saying to, to me right now, Shell, why are we willing to bet this at plus 105? The answer, very briefly, the script as you know the offensive script both these teams whether it's eagles in the first halves being very good or andy reed's game script both are very good now it's easy to sort of say well oh, they're both good in the first quarter and they both have the script and that increases the probability of them throwing a, a first pass completion but shell we need data my man we need data Guess how many in a row, how many first passes Patrick Mahomes has completed consecutively this season? You're muted. That's a great way to do a pod, isn't it? It, it wasn't. I just, would say it wasn't five. just for, for suspense. How about double that? Ten straight games. Including playoffs, including whatever matchup down the obviously eight straight matchups down the stretch and two playoff games. Ten straight games, his first attempt has been completed. And the other element is they've all been short throws to the left or to the right. Dump offs, Travis Kelsey quick hooks. Basically, Andy Reid has sussed out a script, and this wasn't necessarily the first play of the game. There's a lot of like Pacheco run for two yards or this, that, or whatever. So don't you know? Don't sort of think this is first play of the game. This is his first pass attempt. Essentially, they've been short passes of five, six yards. It's a ton of six-yard gain to the left, five-yard gain to the right, over and over and over, ten straight since that game back in uh, against Jacksonville. Not the playoff game, the regular season game against Jacksonville. The last time Patrick Mahomes threw an incomplete pass on his first pass attempt of the game. And all of that is scripting. 
right? Knowing, you know, we always talk about even the worst teams in the league and the worst quarterbacks in the league. Sometimes Trevor Simeon looks good for a quarter because of the script in the game. Same can be said for a, a quarterback as outstanding as Patrick Mahomes. The defense hasn't made adjustments, yada, 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 right? Very vanilla first quarter, all of that kind of thing. So then you go, okay, well, what about Jalen Hurts? Because, like, it's one thing if Patrick Mahomes is completing first uh, passes. Jalen Hurts has five straight games. Sorry, six straight games. Three before he, he uh, got hurt and three after he came back from injury where he completed the first pass of the game. They're a little bit more aggressive. There was one long pass completion in all of that, but a lot of two, three yard short type passes. So both these guys, never mind the fact that we can argue about how like the Super Bowl bright lights, let's get our quarterback, you know, an easy throw to get him into the game, all of those sorts of cliches. Just fundamentally, these coaches are already trying to get their play, their quarterback positive yardage, positive vibes, if you will, to start the game. So don't look at the past completions over the course of the entire season. We got, you know, exotic second half blitz packages and, you know, different scenarios, down 10 points, up 10 points, taking shots down the field. The first pass completion, these guys are almost a lock. Obviously, there's no such thing as a lock, and I'm sure some jerk on the defensive line will knock a pass down or something along those lines but if you look individually both these guys are like minus 270 when or 260 when it comes to making their individual first pass completion what do we know minus 270 from teaser legs right <laughs> teaser you know, if you tease the game at minus 270 times minus 270 you get around minus 110 here we're getting plus money for both quarterbacks to have their first pass attempt be a completion which collectively they have done 16 straight times. I like it. I like it. I got one more, but how many do you have left? I'll do I'll do a speed one here. I got a couple more. Okay, yeah, give People a speed one. More. Give a speed one and then I'll just wrap it. Okay, quickly on the receiving thing, right? There's the markets for the Chiefs wide receivers are all over the place. We don't really know who's going to be available. Everybody's just kind of sitting around at 36 and a half like at or around. So, we need some receiving props here. I like Isaiah Pacheco, 14 and a half receiving yards. He got six targets last week. I think the the Chiefs, whether it's finally inserting him into the game in those past situations and realizing that they're probably their best uh, open field runner needs to be involved in screen passes and, and dump offs. And again, the Patrick Mahomes ankle thing, obviously somewhat of an issue. Looks, um, he's obviously full go. I don't know if how if he's a hundred percent or not, but he still might be dumping the dumping off. Uh, Pacheco also finally got more snaps last week than Jarek McKinnon. Always kind of the worry, right? Who's going to play a little bit more? Uh, Pacheco over 14 and a half receiving yards altogether. Speaking of running backs, Miles Sanders, four and a half yards. That's all we need. He can catch the ball 15 times if he wants. He can catch the ball once. We need him to go over four and a half. The Chiefs are, I think, fourth worst in the league in giving up yardage to opposing running backs in the passing game. Everybody's very excited about Kenneth Gainwell. I've obviously talked about how, like, you know, we like him. Now that everybody's kind of on that, it's kind of worrying me a little bit. I think Miles Sanders is going to get a throw or two in this game to kind of change it up a little bit. We saw Joe Mixon had three targets in the AFC Championship game. I think the Eagles go against their tendency and go to Miles Sanders, over four and a half receiving yards there. And then Dallas Goddard, consistently underrated, consistently catching five balls in the playoffs, even though the Eagles haven't had to push the ball down the field in the second halves of games. 
He's done a lot of his work in the first half in a game that I think should be a four-quarter type game. Give me Goddard over four and a half receptions, minus 135, so you're paying a little bit of juice on Goddard. But this is a guy who, if he hadn't got hurt and he hadn't missed five games, might have been a thousand-yard uh, tight end, receiving yard tight end. He had 700 yards in the, I think, 11 and a half games that he played this season. So yeah, Goddard over four and a half receptions there. Those are my receiving yardage uh, portfolio, if you will. I like it. I like it. I like it. And I think in terms of the people and the things that they'll be looking for, I like that. Just looking to get some little sneaky sneakies in here with the receivers and just what they'll do to affect, not necessarily run the, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, but just ways to work around that as well and get the ball to your playmakers. So I like that. My last prop that I have for you is, will a player propose? See, I like that. That was just for that reaction right there. Yeah, that was good. If, so, will a player propose? Yes is plus 400. No is minus 650. And this is where I will remind you of two things. One, last year, if we remember, there was a propo- proposal. Taylor Rapp of the Rams proposed to his girlfriend right. after the Super Bowl just last year. Right. Just happened. We right. know how these trends, trends work. It's all over Instagram. Hashtag Everyone trends. sees it. Like, oh, girl, blah, 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 look at this. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> then also add in. Girl. <laughs> then also added <laughs> the fact that it's just a couple days before Valentine's Day. Who doesn't love love? <laughs> Who doesn't love love? Plus a little sprinkle on the plus 400. I say why not? Because not only do I love love, but I love betting on the Super Bowl. See, well, that's what we have here. Listen, you thought me, you had me there. Uh, As somebody who got married last Friday, uh, I I have to fully support that. So, um, congratulations. Drink drink that from our viewers and myself and everyone watching and listening. Congratulations to (laughs) yours, my friend. Well, it's really, it was really just signing a marriage certificate um, for still for a out of the country wedding that's coming. Uh, soon, sooner rather than later. So we get to test the uh, the audience. Or I shouldn't say the audience. Well, it's the audience slash the people who are going to the wedding. We'll see how many people made it. Uh, see how many people who are going to the wedding made it to the 120, or I guess the hour and 20 minute mark of the podcast because they don't know that uh, <laughs> that, that we already actually signed things. Um, That's so pretty funny. We'll see if anybody mentions anything. That'll be the prop bet. Let's set the line at one and a half. On people who say, hey, I heard on the podcast that you signed your marriage license. Well, this is what I'm going to say. All the people listening to the pod, please make sure that you follow and send Matt congratulations on Twitter at MRussAuthentic. And please read everything that he puts out at the score as well. But I know I just said it, but tell me just a little more. Just wrap up for the people what you got for them. The whole great goodness you provide week in and week out as we head into the Super Bowl. Yeah, we got you know obviously a couple more things when it comes to the Super Bowl. Depending on when you're listening to this, maybe nothing. Maybe the horse. Maybe the hay is in the barn when it comes to that. That being said, on Monday we'll. (laughs) You know, uh, that's always the best, right? When you do when you do your last piece of content before a big event, and whether it's a day or a few hours. 
um, you like that there's nothing left to do. You've made all the bets, you've said all the words, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but speaking of words, uh, next Monday, we'll have obviously a recap, a betting centric recap over at the score. What were the bad beats? You know, we had what, a few years ago, Patrick Mahomes and his uh, going under rushing yards because he kept Oof. kneeling backwards. That was a brutal one. Can you please stop bringing up Niners horrific losses <laughs> yeah. for oh, me? Sorry. sorry. Like, can, we, can we do that? Is that okay? Yeah. Uh, and then next week as well, we're going to look obviously at Super Bowl odds and everybody just puts out the old Super Bowl odds for next year article. But what we're going to do is we're going to do a ratings article along with it, i.e. before the draft, before free agency, before Tom Brady comes out of retirement, before Aaron Rodgers becomes a Jet or a Raider or whomever, what are our ratings uh, looking like at the end of the season um, before we have to completely redo them, re redo them once uh, a bunch of teams change and all of that sort of thing. But that'll be fun to sort of put that onto uh, you know pen to paper when it comes to just at least getting a, you know a starting framework before all of the off season nonsense. So it's not just about Super Bowl odds; it's about uh, team ratings for 2023 uh, next week. Love it, my dude. Sounds great for sure. I will definitely be tuning in and clicking on those for sure to find out the more more of the information as we continue on this wave of what's been a spectacular season here on the pod. I'd like to formally thank you again for joining us here thank on you. the Blast podcast. Thanks everybody out there. Doing this for a full season as, I mean, if the people that have been rocking with us, they know, they said, hey, they, they've been following along. I've been getting the messages. I've been seeing the people in the streets telling me, hey, picks have been good. Who you got? Who you got? People are so asking like to, for the draft podcast. People are asking for March Madness podcast. Oof, like, what's the deal? Right? Like, guys, can we at least get through the Super Bowl? I've got longest drive props and tackle props that I'm, I'm working on. Like, right? I love the I love the energy. But uh, yeah, that's all coming. Don't worry. Yeah, we had such a good season here. The picks on the pod giving out 160, 113, and 10. That like, I mean, I'm gonna put the key up just because, just so that like, yeah, you know, hit people in the back, just hit them with it, just because, you know, that's an insane season of picks. And again, people buying into what we're trying to do here, right? I'm gonna come out and I'm gonna lay it on one side or the other, but it's the conversation and the information behind what leads to each pick right that's really what we're trying to do here just get better educated before you make said pick that's all it is just talk it out a little right that's the hope that's what we strive for that's what we're going for here and i appreciate you mr matt russell coming on this pod each and every week and helping me out helping the people out we really appreciate it. it's been a super 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 great run until next year when i beg you to do it all over again so i thank you for that my dude and i also thank all the people listening liking and subscribing to the youtube page continue to bless with the likes and the retweets and the shares and all that fun stuff as i always say you can find me online on twitter at shell alexander on instagram at sheldon alexander and as to close this pod for football for one last time i used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this this is the on blast podcast nfl picks edition part of the on blast podcast network as always unpolished and unapologetic until next time see ya on blast. this is part of the on blast podcast network available on itunes spotify soundcloud and youtube if you like it then subscribe and tell your friends holla on blast.